always so excited to get out of here. Someday I'm going to dismiss the adults and leave the kids in here and watch you guys joyfully running out of the church building. 1 Timothy chapter 4 this morning, 1 Timothy and chapter 4. As we continue talking about spiritual health, and uh, today we're going to look at spiritual exercises. Um, it's always fun to talk about exercise when you're a person who doesn't exercise, but uh, thankfully I do much more spiritual exercise than I do physical exercise, so that's why I'm not preaching on physical exercise today, as the shirt I'm wearing used to fit. First um, Timothy chapter 4, let's look in verse number 6, we'll, where we'll start at, verse number 6, it says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, we'll talk about what these things are in just a moment, uh, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is, and of that which is to come. Looking at these thoughts this morning, we've got in verse 7, it says to exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise does profit, but it's little, but godliness profits a whole lot. Uh, that's my paraphrase. And uh, this morning, I'd like us to look at four exercises that we can do, spiritual exercises, uh, that will help us be healthy Christians. We live a healthy spiritual life, that we would walk worthy of the God that we serve, and that we would live a life that is spiritually healthy. God, help us, I do pray. Every single one of us would admit that we have room to improve, that we have room to be in better spiritual shape. And God, today I pray that these reminders uh, would, would motivate us, would challenge us, would direct us uh, because of your word to live uh, healthily, spiritually speaking, uh, Lord, for you. So help me as I present these thoughts that I would do it clearly and I would do it correctly. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. I originally had plans to come in today with shorts over my pants, a headband, wristbands, and uh, run around the auditorium like a fool, and I decided not to. Um, spiritual exercise. You know, it's interesting when we think of the, the need for physical exercise, right? The older we get, the more we feel it. Uh, when we're younger, I think back to the things I did as a young man, uh, running around nonstop, I mean, up and down hills and mountains and fields and ball fields and courts and arenas and just seemed like never getting tired, just constantly going. And then the older and older that I get, the more I just really enjoy sitting down. Uh, I really enjoy watching other people run as opposed to myself. When I was 18, a senior in high school, I went to a very, very small Christian school. They asked me to teach P.E., for the, the younger kids. And I remember taking them down to a field and telling them, all right, run. And uh, I gave them a path to run, but nonetheless, I stood in one place with a stopwatch and told them to run, and they ran. I thought, this is the life. I think I could get used to this. 
Um, I went to college a year later as a physical education major, and it was a little different than, than that. But nonetheless, here we sit with a need for spiritual exercise. No matter how old we get, there is a need for spiritual exercise. And I would say the need's probably the same no matter what age we are. The older we get physically, we need more exercise. We've got to get moving. We've got to stay moving. Um, spiritually speaking, it's important that we are constantly uh, exercising spiritually. And there are ways to do that, and we'll talk about it. Number one this morning, I want us to exercise common sense and Bible knowledge. Common sense and Bible knowledge. Um, I grew up in a ministry where the leader of the ministry, evangelist Bill Rice, used to say all the time, you've got a brain and you've got a Bible, use it. And I always thought that was, you know, it was, it was normal for me to hear it, but I would always see people chuckle every time he said it, and I thought, no, really, you have a brain and you have a Bible, you, you should probably be using it. And, uh, and that's exactly what we're talking about here. Look in verse 1, chapter 4, verse 1. It says, Now the Spirit speaketh express, uh, expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. So you understand what he's saying. There's going to, have to come a time in, the, in this church that people are going to start to stray away. They're going to start to follow false teachings. And he continues in verse 2, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry. These are the things that they're going to follow, the thoughts they're going to follow. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. Did you hear that? This is important. The most important thing you'll hear all day. I'm just joking. Meats are from God. Eat them. Okay. Verse 4. For every creature of God is good, and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. If you receive it the right way, if you take it the right way, God doesn't mind. You know there was a big, big thing going on. Uh, back then where it was wrongful to eat meats, uh, eat meats offered to idols, eat meat as a whole, all these kinds of things. So he's talking about there are going to be teachings going on in the church. They're going to stray a little bit. They're not going to be biblical, right? That's what he's talking about. Verse 5, for it is sanctified by word of God and prayer. Still talking about the stuff in verse number 3. Verse 6, now, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, if you remind them, Hey, there's going to come a time where people are going to follow false teachings, where people are going to kind of stray off, where people are going to start doing some weird things. People are going to start putting in these rules that don't have any Bible base to them. All those sorts of things. If you will put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. But refuse, ignore, reject, profane and old wives' fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Instead of following, exercising, practicing these wives' fables, or these profane things, or these ungodly things, exercise rather to godliness. Exercise some common sense and Bible knowledge. Put it together. What do you put together if you get common sense and Bible knowledge? you get the right way to go. Now, can you do that with just Bible knowledge? I suppose, yes, you can. Uh, but I think you'll learn that God is all for common sense. Um, that 
God's okay if you use a little common sense on some of these things. And that's exactly the situation that these people were in. The need to use your brain and to use your Bible and then to follow that what is right. Follow that which is good. Because oftentimes we get in this mindset of just following. Um, If we're just following God, that's fine. But if we're just following what's new, we'll talk about this in two weeks when we go over spiritual diets. But if we if we go follow just what's new or what's um, comes across and we think, well, I've never heard that before, I've never thought about that before, it doesn't mean that it's wrong, but it doesn't also mean that you just go, I guess it sounds good, so I'll just do it. That's not common sense, and that's not Bible. So we put those two things together, and now we can exercise common sense and Bible knowledge to keep us from going down this wrong uh, path and uh, keep us from following the doctrines of devils, as it says in verse 1, or the uh, lies of hypocrisy and things like that as well. So number one, exercise common sense and Bible knowledge. Number two, my least favorite of our points today, run run long distance, spiritually speaking. Uh, I guess I don't mind it, spiritually speaking. Uh, I do not run long distances, physically speaking. As a matter of fact, I don't run at all if I can avoid it. Um, and uh, that's just the way life is for me these days. But run long distances. What do I mean? Isaiah 40, verse 31 says, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So what are we talking about here in Isaiah 40? This is one of my favorite verses because it goes with one of my favorite songs. But nonetheless, uh, you, you have this verse here that says, Those that wait on the Lord, they will renew their strength. They will renew their energy. They will renew their ability. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary, and they'll walk and not faint. This idea of running and not being weary. Several, several, several months ago, I decided I was going to start jogging. Um, Yes, I know, bad idea. Don't worry, it didn't last long. Uh, I went outside my house. We have a road um, really close to our house. It's flat for the most part. And so I thought, I'll go there, and I will just jog on this flat road. Because I remember, I never ran. I've never liked running. Uh, But I remember, I think I would have been, I don't know, 12, 13, 14. I was on vacation um, with my grandparents and my cousins. And my grandfather was going to go out for a walk, so me and uh, one of my cousins went with him. And uh, my cousin thought it would be a good idea for us to jog, and so we started jogging. And I remember jogging thinking, wow, this is pretty easy. I've probably gone at least 300 miles. Um, It was probably a quarter of a mile or so. But nonetheless, I remember thinking, I feel pretty good doing this. So fast forward 20 to 25 years later and see old out of shape. uh, uh, Well, I have a shape, just not the one that I want. Uh, Vince running down a side road in Kentucky I start to jog and I do not get very far and I'm out of breath and my legs are saying why are you doing this Uh, my knees are popping and creaking my ankles are popping and creaking and and I start to walk then you know you hear the vehicle coming over the hill so you got to start running again Uh, you run until the vehicles out of sight then you start to walk again I'm not the only one uh, <laughs> and I remember I, I mapped out um, a half a mile 
I went a half a mile, turned around, and came back, so it ended up being a full mile. Most of it I walked. But I remember thinking, this used to be easy. I could have done this, really not even thought about it. And now I can't. Why? It's because I had not done it. I had not been consistently exercising and working towards it. And you could argue you should start by walking, but nonetheless, uh, the, the point is, run long distances. But it says in verse 31 of Isaiah 40, they that wait upon the Lord, they're the ones that can run and not be weary. Hebrews 12 says, let us run with patience. I'm not a very patient person. I am very much the idea of, you know, let's just go ahead and do this. Um, when I have something scheduled for later in the day, um, let's say 3 o'clock in the afternoon, my entire day is kind of a pain because I'm waiting for 3 o'clock to get there. And nothing I'm doing satisfies me because I just want 3 o'clock to come so I can do whatever it is that I'm scheduled to do. That's the way my mind works. I can't calm down. I can't be patient. I sit on the couch and do something else, and I check my, my and I say watch. I don't wear a watch. I check my phone every so often to see if it's almost 3 o'clock and it's been 15 minutes. And I'm sitting there going, come on, seriously, why is time going so slow? I'm not patient at all, but those that wait upon the Lord, those that run with patience, those that uh, are willing to let God's timing be the timing, they can run and not be weary. So my exercise to you is run long distances, but ultimately what I'm saying is wait on the Lord. Run with patience. Um, you probably know this, I do too, because, and I'm not a runner, so I'm assuming everybody knows this. When you're running a long distance, you don't just sprint. You don't just run as fast as you can. You pace yourself. You, you start slower. And maybe at the end, then you'll pick up the pace. But early on, in a long-distance race, you want to start slow and pace yourself so you don't get tired, so you don't uh, wear out, so that you can finish the race. Spiritually speaking, we ought to run with that patience, that pace, waiting on God for His timing, not rushing it, not going as fast as we can. I've seen many people, and you have too, we talked about this morning in Sunday school, but uh, that come in and, man, they are on fire for God is the term we use in church. They're on fire for God. Man, they are just excited. They are, man, I'm going to do everything, and I'm going to be at everything, and I'm going to do everything, and I'm going to be that person. And they go, they go, they go, they go, they go, and the next thing you know, they, they're starting to slow down a little bit. Now they're not volunteering for stuff anymore, and now they're not doing different things. And before long, they, they miss a service, and then, and then they miss a couple weeks, and then they miss three weeks, and then they miss a month. The next thing you know, they're not in church at all. And what they'll tell you is, well, I burnt out. Uh, God doesn't go, oh, oh, okay, that makes sense. God doesn't want you to burn out. God wants you to run with patience, to wait on him. I'm all for people getting involved. You, you know that. <laughs> I want you to be involved. It's a lot easier when you're involved. Me and Katie made a rule. Uh, well, I made the rule, and Katie was excited about it when I made it. But when we started the church, I said, if no one wants to help us, then we're not going to do it. So if we try to do VBS and nobody's willing to help us, we're not doing VBS. We're not going to do it on our own. We're not going to wear ourselves out doing all these things when... Uh, when people are willing to pitch in, then we'll do them. And I, I got to admit, 
that was a growing area for me. Because when I first started pastoring, I was fine with doing it all by myself. Because I knew how it would turn out. I knew it would turn out the way I wanted it to turn out. And God began to grow me and began to stretch me and began to, to help me realize that it's not the way it's supposed to be done, one person. We are the church. And together, we serve God. And together, we uh, help and love our community. And so together, we put on the events and we do the things. And to this day, if we schedule something, we could pass out three million flyers. And if all of a sudden I get a phone call that says, I'm not going to be able to come, I'm not going to be able to help, and, and next thing I know, it's going to be me and my family, you know what we'll do? We'll cancel it. Because I don't want <laughs> to run out of gas. You see, to order to run the spiritual race that's before us, we have to run it with patience. We have to run it waiting on God to help us. Uh, dependent on him, paced with him, doing it in God's timing, God's way. So, spiritual exercises. Exercise common sense and Bible knowledge. Number two, run long distances. Number three, maybe this one should have come before number two, but number three, walk daily. Walk daily. Um, I don't mind walking. Running, I hate. Walking, I'm okay with. Um, as long as I'm holding my wife's hand and it's not miserably hot, I like to walk. Um, the importance of walking daily, spiritually speaking, we're talking obviously about walking with God. I have several verses for you. Write them down, write down the references, and you can go back and look at them later if you'd like. Galatians 5.16 says, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. If we're going to walk daily, we need to walk in the Spirit. Not walking on our own, not walking in our own way, but walking in the Spirit as God leads us. The Bible says if we'll walk in the Spirit, we'll not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. We say, well, I can't get victory over this sin. It's because you're not walking in the Spirit, you're walking in the flesh. You're depending on yourself to take care of it for you. You're depending on yourself to overcome it, your own strength. You say, well, no, I prayed and asked God for his help. Yeah, but you're not actually depending on God for help. You're still depending on your own strength and your own weaknesses. Walk in the Spirit, and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. This isn't natural for us. If I can't see the reason, if I can't see the outcome, if I can't see the way, then I'm not going to do it in most cases. But the Bible says we walk by faith, not by sight. A spiritually healthy Christian is going to do what they do by faith. Hebrews 11 goes through a whole list of people who by faith did things for God. None of them would be in that chapter. None of them would be written down for eternity in the scriptures had they not had the faith to do those things. People from what we consider to be some of the greatest Christians, the people who if we had known them, we would have wondered how in the world they were included. Rahab, the harlot, she's in Hebrews 11, by faith. See, we walk by faith, not by sight. If we're walking by sight, then we're only doing what we know we can accomplish. If we're walking by faith, then we're doing what we know God can accomplish. So I walk by faith saying, God, it's on you. You've told me to do it, I'm going to do it. You want me to do it, I'm going to do it. You put it on my heart to do it, I'm going to do it. I'm walking by faith, not by sight. Because many things that God asks you to do, you won't be able to see the reason why or see the end outcome. And you're going to have to have faith that he's going to take care of it all. Ephesians 5.2 says, walk in love as Christ loved us. Love your neighbor 
Walk in love as Christ loved us. Love your spouse. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Love your children. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Love your parents. Love, walk in love as Christ loved us. He's the example. And there's, there's no greater example because we can't look at Christ and go, well, no, they, he made an excuse here for why he couldn't love this person. No, he didn't. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Well, that person doesn't deserve love, neither do you. Walk in love as Christ loved us. 1 John 2, 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought also so to walk even as he, Jesus, walked. You say you're a Christian? What is Christian? Well, I think, uh, according to many people, that, that term was kind of made up in Antioch and uh, the idea of little Christs. Christians. Well, if you say you're a Christian, you ought to walk as Christ walked. You ought to live as Christ lived, meaning in love, in patience, in mercy, and forgiveness. Galatians 5.25, if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Similar mindset. Ephesians 4.1, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. Walk worthy of the vocation wherewith you're called. What has God called you to do? For me, it's, it's be a pastor. For uh, Mark Tolson, it's to be a missionary. What has he called you to do? You say, well, I, you know, I don't know. God hasn't called me to preach. Okay. So walk worthy of the vocation he's called you to do doesn't matter what it is. I grew up, listen, and I've never, I never had a pastor or heard a preacher, you know, um, say mean, I don't know how to word this, but they didn't directly say this, but you, I grew up, you know, you, you're seeing preachers and missionaries just being lifted up, and these great men of God, these great people of God, and, and I'm not saying they weren't. But it kind of made everybody else that wasn't a preacher or a missionary go, oh, man, so neat. They're such great people of God, you know, and I'm just a whatever. Man, I'm never going to be a, a great man of God because I'm never going to be a missionary. God doesn't say <laughs> missionaries, doesn't say pastors, preachers are men of God. They should be, but so should you. You should be a person of God. You should walk worthy of whatever it is God's told you to do. You don't have to be a preacher to get God's applause. You don't have to be a missionary and sacrifice family and, and possessions and uh, the, the luxury of America in order to be appreciated by God or to please God. Wherever God has put you, wherever God has called you, walk worthy. Walk worthy of the role God has in your life. If it's a husband, walk worthy. If it's a wife, walk worthy. If it's an employee, walk worthy. If it's an employer, walk worthy. If it's a politician, walk worthy. It doesn't matter what the job is. It doesn't matter where you are. Walk worthy of where God's put you. 
you're not going to get a pat on the back in most cases. People are going to thank a lot of people, but they might not thank you. It doesn't matter. You walk worthy of the vocation wherewith God has called you. Ephesians 5.8 says, For ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. At one point in your life, you were darkness. Sin ruled your life. You served yourself. When you gave your life to Christ, when you put your dependence and your faith in Him, and He saved you, now you are children of light. Walk as light. The world should not be able to look at your life and go, you are no different than me. And that gets confused sometimes because then some people think, well, yeah, we're better than them. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying my eternity is better than theirs. And I ought to live that way. Why? So that they can see that I am different. The Bible calls us a peculiar people. Different. We stand out. We should. If we're children of light, we ought to walk as children of light. We don't have the same conversations. We don't have the same attitudes. We don't have the same reactions. Because we're not darkness anymore. We're light. And our lives ought to reflect the light that is within us. So walk daily. There are a lot of different ways to walk. And there are many more verses we could talk about that we're not going to this morning. Exercise common sense and Bible knowledge. Run long distance. Walk daily. And lastly this morning... Move weights. Hebrews 12 and verse number 1. If you want to turn there, it's a few pages over. You don't have to, I guess. I can read it for you. But Hebrews 12 and verse number 1. Maybe a verse you've heard before. It says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Here in this verse, one of the things that is mentioned is laying aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. If you want to be a healthy Christian, one of the spiritual exercises that you're going to have to do is removing weights. There are people physically that are more naturally weightlifters. I don't know if you knew this or not, but it's true, I promise. I'm not just making excuses. Um, there are people who, um, you know, you'll see they look like they are muscular and they are fit, and you put them underneath a uh, bench press, and they can't do it. They can do push-ups. They can lift boxes. They can do all these things, couches, whatever, but you put them underneath a, uh, a, a barbell, a, a, a rack there, and you put some weights on it, and they just... They can't do what you expect them to do. And the reason for that is is because they've never done it before. Not to say they can't do more than me, but what they look like, you would expect them to do a bunch of weight, and they're doing maybe 150, and you're thinking, why are they having such a hard time with that? There are other people you'd look at, and just if you just looked at them in normal, everyday attire, you wouldn't have any idea, but they could bench press all kinds of weight. And then there's other people that look obviously like they can, and they can't. 
Um, if Adam were here, I was going to challenge him to a, uh, a push-up contest, but he's not, and so I'm not going to challenge anybody to a push-up contest because I can do, I think, four right now. Um, but uh, moving weights. In this verse, what they're talking about, they're using, again, the example of running a race. And before the racers would, would race, they would take off anything that would hold them back. Lay aside every weight. Get it off so that you can run as light and as free as possible, so that you can be as fast as you possibly can be. And it says there in verse 1 of, of Hebrews 12, lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Listen, if we're going to do spiritual exercise, we've got to have to move the weights. We're going to have to get them off of us so that we can run freely, so that we can be as light as possible. And sin weighs us down. You cannot run the race that God has before you if you've got sin weighing you down. You will not win. And the Bible says that we have to lay aside these weights and lay aside these sins. We've got to remove them so that then we can run the right race or run the race effectively. This is so important because I don't know why we do it, but as Christians, for whatever reason, we let sin stagnate. We let it sit. For whatever reason, we sin. We know we sin. We know it was wrong. But we don't take care of it for a while. Here's my opinion on why that is. It can be a couple different reasons. One reason is, is because we liked it and we want to do it again. So we say, well, why should I go and ask God for forgiveness when I know that I'm, just, I'm going to do it again here pretty soon? Yes, I know it's wrong. Yes, I know it's a sin, but I like it. So we don't go to God and ask for forgiveness. I think I've told the story before, but I had a man uh, come to me in Indiana in our church, and he said, just so you know, uh, he said uh, he was a part of a, um, I don't know, a club or something, but he said, uh, we drink, just so you know, we know it's wrong, but that's just what we do here. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're not going to find any victory with a mindset like that. You're not going to be spiritually healthy with a mindset like that. You have to lay aside the weight. Um, the other reason I've mentioned before is guilt. Just like Adam and Eve went and hid in the garden, we, we have that guilt and we're ashamed to go before God and, and admit our sin to him. I'm telling you, that's a silly reason to sit around with sin on you. Because God says, I love you so much. I want you to come to me the moment you sin. Let's get it taken care of. The one, if I can use the word person, that won't look at you in shame is God. When you come to him and ask for forgiveness, he doesn't look at you and think, shame, shame, shame. No, you know what he does? He says, thank you. I love you. You're forgiven. We hold on to these sins, and the Bible says that if you're going to run the race, you're going to have to lay aside the weights. You're in the race whether or not you like it if you're saved. You're in the race, just like you're in a battle. You've got to lay aside the weight. 
Take the sin off. Lay it off to the side. Get rid of it so that you can be light and healthy. I know these are kind of cliche points today, and I know we used a lot of verses that maybe you've already known, but as simple as it sounds, this really is what it takes to be a spiritually healthy Christian. We've got to exercise. Exercise, maybe I shouldn't even put common sense in there, but I did, and I'm going to keep it in there. Exercise common sense and Bible knowledge. Run. Run patiently. Pace yourself. Walk daily. Walk in the Spirit. Walk by faith. Walk in love. Walk as He walked. Walk worthy. Walk as children of light. And then move the weights. Lay them aside. Take them off. I'm assuming, and maybe I'm wrong in assuming this, but I'm assuming everyone has been in this situation before, as I have. Guilt and sin is, is in my life, and, and uh, I'm just, I'm a little grumpier. I'm a little slower. I'm a little less patient. I'm a little bit, I, I don't want to use the word lightly, depressed. I, I'm just not what I'm supposed to be. And I finally come to the understanding that I need to give this to God. I need to get this cleansed. I need to get this forgiven. So I pray and I say, God, and when I pray for forgiveness of my sins, I list them specifically. I don't know that you have to do that because in your mind you're usually thinking about it anyhow and God knows your heart, but I list them to God. God, I did this. God, I acted this way. God, I whatever. God, forgive me. And you know what God does every single time? He forgives me. And I feel it. Feelings are dangerous. So don't live your whole life on feelings, but I feel it. I'm lighter. The guilt, the shame, the weight, it's, it's not there anymore. Why? Because I lay it aside. Maybe you've never experienced that feeling. Maybe it's just me. I don't know. But for me, it's such a relief. I believe it can be for you as well. So I encourage you today and every day to get in your spiritual exercise. There is no membership fee. <laughs> there is no shaming. Let's get out and do what you're supposed to do. Exercise common sense and Bible knowledge. Run long distances, walk daily, and move weights. God help us. <laughs> this prayer is really that simple. God help us. Because on our own, we cannot be what you want us to be. And Lord, we understand it's as simple as it is, it's not easy. And so God, I pray that you'd help us to exercise spiritually. God, that we would use the knowledge that you've given us. God, that we would run patiently. God, that we would walk in all the ways you desire for us to walk. And God, that we would take our sins and we would lay them aside, that we would hand them to you for cleansing. God, help us. I pray in Jesus' name. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, would you stand with me, please? The piano's going to play. God's talked to you, spoken to you about exercise that you need in your life. Would you commit to him today that you're going to do it? you ask him for help Would you lay aside the weight today that's on your heart 
the sin that's besetting you, would you, would you lay it aside? Ask God for forgiveness. You can do it right now, right where you are.